It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Could the Cowboys select an edge rusher at pick number 24? And if they do, which one would make the most sense in Dan Quinn's defense? All that and more in this episode of the Locked On Cowboys podcast. You are Locked On Cowboys, your daily Dallas Cowboys podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to the Locked On Cowboys podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We want to thank you for making us your first listen of the day. We are free and available on all platforms. I am Marcus Mosher. You can follow me on Twitter at Marcus underscore Mosher. I am joined by Landon McCool. Check him out on Twitter at McCoolBCB. Landon, we're going to look at some edge rushers today uh, that could be available for the Cowboys at pick number 24. But just your general thoughts. If the Cowboys took an edge rusher at pick 24, how would you feel? Well, I mean, I think in the sense that there are seemingly a, quite a few good choices that they could make at 24. I mean, the 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 potential candidate list is is nice for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I feel pretty. I would feel pretty good. I, I do feel like the Cowboys, you know, in my mind, the way I would like the offseason to go would be pretty short up at defensive end. Uh, if you know they re-signed Randy Gregory, they kept on they kept the Marcus Lawrence. You know, Parsons is going to play some of that role. You've got something in Golson, hopefully. Um, but if, you know, if, if for, for instance, they decide that they were just going to have a temporary fix or, or just have Lawrence back for maybe one more year, or uh, if they decide to let Lawrence go completely, if he doesn't, if he won't take a pay cut or, or, or whatever their, their ultimatum is that they're thinking about, uh, then, then yeah, I have to think that the defensive end becomes a, uh, you know, a, a not, not just a, a list. Uh, not just on the list of, of, of spots where you could draft a guy, but but maybe even bumped up to the list of needs, you know, of, of yeah. spots where you should be uh, drafting a guy. So I definitely think this is a position that the Cowboys should be paying close attention to. Uh, all right, let's uh, let's talk about three edge rushers that could be available to the Cowboys at pick twenty four. Uh, we're going to do a deep dive in each of these guys. Let's start with David Ojabo from Michigan. Mm-hmm. And I know, listen, the first thing people think of as a Michigan edge rusher, they're all the way out because of Taco, right? Uh, that's not fair. To, it's it's not fair to a Jabo. But what did you see from him on tape? Yeah, I'm not taking Aiden Hutchinson because of the, the Taco Charlton pick. If, oh, he, if he falls to me, I'm just not doing it. Uh, <laughs> Ojabo, uh, he, this is a traits prospect, uh, and he has all the physical traits you could want uh, in a traits prospect pass rusher. He's lean. He's long. He's explosive. 
Uh, he's just one of those guys that looks like he was built in a pass rusher lab. Yep. Uh, he's seemingly exclusive, exclusively an outside pass rusher. I didn't really see very many snaps inside or even heads up with the OT. He's mostly in a two point stance. So he's kind of limited in the sense that it feels like, uh, yeah, he's, he's, he's not moving around a ton. He's not, you know, being asked to do a bunch of different stuff. He's almost exclusively playing outside and almost exclusively as a pass rusher. And I mean that because they protected him a lot on early downs. It seems, especially in the games I watched, I watched, uh, the yeah. UGA and the PSU games. He was hardly uh, on the field against Georgia at all. Yeah. And, and, and it was really kind of very specific scenarios where they didn't want to get him exposed in the run game. It felt like in, in passing downs, laid downs, long down, downs of distance. Um, typical situation of what it feels like with this guy where he was just too athletic to keep off the field. You know, uh, he, he, but he doesn't really know what he's doing at times. You know, he doesn't seemingly have a good plan. Uh, but he does, despite not having a good plan, like not necessarily having like the the pass rush moves strung together or a plan on how to use them, he does have like good instinct here. Like mm-hmm. he does have that kind of uh, trait that good pass rushers have, you know, when they're trying to get around on the outside where he can feel the man that's blocking him in the sense like where his leverage is and how to exploit that. So you, I saw a couple different times when – he got outside and could feel without seeing the tackle was getting overset on him. And then he did kind of an awkward, but a, still a spin move inside to kind of free himself up. And, and so it, what, what you see is a guy who has all the traits and instincts, but just hasn't quite put it all together yet. It feels like he needs to improve his pad level. He plays too much toe to toe with offensive tackles. Uh, I saw him play the option. Well, he's good as an apex defender. He was really good at slowing down the quarterback and then, tearing down the uh, the sideline to or tearing down the line of scrimmage to, to chase the running back down for no gain. Uh, he looks very deliberate, which is kind of going back to him not feeling completely comfortable with what he's doing. And I don't mean that necessarily in a good way. Uh, he, he's just he's trying when he when he's trying to execute moves, it's like you can see him thinking about it. It's like you can see him trying to go through the process. Oh, I got to do this and this and this. And it's not like necessarily natural there. He um he has speed to power to try to run through tackles at times, but can rarely stay in the sweet spot leverage wise. So he like he's constantly bursting into guys and then either getting too high and then kind of getting you know out of the play, or he's falling down because he's well, trying to stay low and he can't can't maintain balance that way. Let me ask you a question about it really quickly. Yeah. I think people are pigeonholing him as like the Randy Gregory, two hundred and fifty pound edge rusher guy that bends around the the corner. Do you see that? Because I, I think he is highly explosive, but I don't see a guy that wins with like bending. No, because he doesn't know how to do it right now. Yeah, you know, like I, I think, think that is, think I think that, that is the way he, he will win. He doesn't have the ability, like he doesn't have the athleticism and flexibility to do it. I think he probably. I think I don't know yet. I think he probably has the flexibility to do it, but I have concerns about his ability. You know, one of the things that doesn't get talked about is not just the ability to bend your body that way, but to be able to maintain balance, be able yeah. to stay on your yeah. feet while you're that low. And I haven't really seen him do that very well. Uh, and right. I think he can physically get down and, and probably run underneath a table, but I don't know that he could get to the other side of the table and still be on his feet, if that makes so sense. So I, I like to compare these types of guys to other guys in like previous classes, like 2019. Brian Burns was that six foot five, 250 pound edge who could bend all day long, right? He could go in a circle yeah. over and over and not fall over. 
he's just not that right. Um, yeah. But do you think another guy that was very similar in size was like Caleb on Chason from LSU? I, I kind of think he's a better player. I think he's more explosive. Um, what do you think? I, I think the difference between this guy and chase on is that this chase on had all that experience and couldn't kind of get together. I think that there's still time for, for this guy to kind of, uh, you know, my, my, where does he win with this guy's big upside pass rusher? Because I think he could give you something as a pass rusher. And I think he will develop uh, and, and become a good pass rusher. I just don't know. Uh, completely if he's like that, like he's a bendy, uh, a Gumby guy that's getting around the yeah. edge, or if it's just going to be explosion with speed to power and then, you know, counters that he has to lose when, but the problem here is, and this is what I ultimately put in the unanswered question is, you know, it becomes this math problem of how quickly can he develop as a pass rusher to be useful this season? And then long-term, how quickly can he develop as a run defender to be, to play more snaps in this seasons beyond his rookie year. So mm-hmm. uh, I, I think there is some, I don't have doubts that this guy will probably develop into a decent pass rusher in the NFL, just based on a lot of the other kind of upside pass rushers you've seen come into the NFL. But I just don't know, like, is this guy going to be a designated pass rusher for you guys by the end of the season? What's the timeline on when he's going to be a useful piece on your defense? That's a little bit more murky because he doesn't necessarily have a way to get on the field immediately from week one. I don't think unless he improves as a pass rusher and he certainly can't be kind of, you know, thrown into just a normal defensive end rotation because he isn't very good at playing the run. All right. So comparing him to somebody else in the 2017 draft, Tack McKinley, right? I think he's a little taller than Tack is, but Tack was that way. Like the, he's got the, the explosion, the, you know, the speed, but not really the most bendy guy in the world, not a great run defender. I still think I would gamble on this guy at pick 24, though, Dan, because there's just not many guys with his size and athleticism. And I know the I know the flaws, but, man, I feel like if you put him in the right scheme, you try to scheme things up where he's running downhill, I think he can be a very disruptive player. I don't disagree. I, I, I think that, you know, I, I this is one of those upside guys that I think will make it because he has the traits. He has the, some of the instinctual stuff that you don't see some of these guys necessarily do. You know, it's sometimes you, when you put athletes at this spot, they just they don't look like they're comfortable with what they're doing. He yeah. doesn't necessarily look like that. He, he may look deliberate when he's being asked to do something specific, but that may just because he he needs more and more reps. He hasn't played a ton of football. And for ha- having not playing a not playing a ton of football, uh, he has some aspects to his game that I don't know that are necessarily coachable that he has already built into his game. So I do think the things that he is uh, uh, needs to work on are are improvable, uh, and that's why I do think that he will make it and that he's worth a draft pick. My concern is that I don't know what his one year plan should look like. I don't know what his three year plan should look like. This may be a guy where. He has so far to go that his best football may be beyond his first rookie contract. It's, you know what I'm saying? It's probably going to be like in year five and year six for him, right? And probably. you got to know that going in. So I I agree with you. I think he's going to still be a successful player. I just want to have him in a certain role early on. Like if you're drafting him inside the top ten and you expect him to be a day one starter at defensive end in your 4-3 defense – I think you're going to be disappointed. 
But if you have him be your third or fourth defensive end, but you're going to get him on the field in certain situations and you're going to scheme things open, would it completely surprise you if he had like eight sacks next year? It wouldn't surprise me, right? Just because he's so athletic. Um, I kind of think like what the Seahawks did with Bruce Irvin, you know, maybe as a rookie, like just get him on the field in certain packages. I think he could be successful. The comp that I ended up writing down was Yannick Ngakwe, who plays for the yeah. Raiders now. Something like that type of player in the NFL. Yeah, I think, you know, my concern is how quickly can you get him on the field as like your third pass rusher or a designated pass rusher because he doesn't he doesn't have very developed pass rush moves quickly right now. So if you can quickly get him up to speed, get him a kind of a normal uh, 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 move that he's comfortable with and then a counter to work with. I think you could probably get some good production from him and then really focus on year two being the year that you really see a big jump from him. I like him, though. I like him. I, yeah, I do, too. I, I think of these types of players, he's he's one of my favorite ones. I, but some of the top ten buzz seems a little rich for me. That's, I, I, and I've actually seen – and there's one publication out there. I won't say him online, but they have Ojabo ranked over Aiden Hutchinson, and it makes absolutely no sense to me at all. I mean, I told you this when we were watching. Like, I I didn't get to watch a lot of Michigan football outside of the you know playoff games that sort of thing. And watching this tape, I could not keep my eyes off Aiden Hutchinson. Like, it was hard. Light, light years away between the yeah, two prospects. Yeah, absolutely. Right? Yeah. Uh, all right, let's take a quick break so we can tell you guys about Bet Online. Football might be over the season, but basketball is in full steam with both pro and college hoops. From all the latest odds, totals, player performance props to where the next fire coach is going to land. BetOnline.net is the number one spot for all of your sports betting needs. BetOnline remains the best spot for all of your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. And it's not just basketball. BetOnline.net is your source for hockey, boxing, and UFC odds, right to the Olympic coverage and information. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. BetOnline, where the game starts. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Uh, All right, Landon, let's talk about somebody who might be one of the more controversial players in this draft. It is uh, Trayvon Walker from Georgia. I'm looking at the consensus big board right now, and it is wild, the difference of opinion. So uh, our guy, Dane Brugler, has him ranked as his sixth best player in the class. Daniel Jeremiah at NFL Network has him ranked as the 10th best player in the class. And then you've got Lance Erline ranking him at 45, and you've got Blazer uh, Report ranking him at 45. Both have second-round grades on him. What did you see when you watched him? It, this is a tough, tough eval, you know, uh, because of all the different aspects of his game. And then also the fact that he plays in that Georgia defensive line, which, you know, obviously is skewing a whole bunch of things, including how often he's on the field, how successful uh, he, he is. 
Uh, he's tall. He's leggy with long limbs. Very solid build. He's got very developed muscle groups uh, in his calves, his thighs, his, his arms. He looks like a like a monster. He's just a very big, well developed kind of almost high cut a little bit uh, 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 defensive lineman. You know, a oversized type guy. He definitely looked comfortable when he had to line up inside, uh, and he lined up everywhere. You saw him uh, inside at the B gap and all the way outside at defensive end. Uh, in three consecutive snaps, I think against um, it was I can't remember who I watched Alabama and uh, maybe it was I can't remember who the other one was, but in three consecutive snaps, at one point I saw him play three tech wide defensive end and then uh, as a spinner linebacker, you know, a kind of like Michael Parsons almost. Yeah, incredible athlete moves incredibly well for a guy who is clearly over 270 pounds. Uh, looks very comfortable in his drops when when asked to do that. Uh, he's strong at the point of attack. He understands leverage. He keeps his hands above his eyes and, and maintains uh, 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 grips on 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 his on his offensive lineman. He's got incredibly powerful grip. Uh, he sheds men much larger than him. I watched him completely, uh, you know, <laughs> throw Evan Neal aside at one point uh, when when trying to uh, play the run on one of these uh, snaps. Uh, he's really strong as a rusher in the B gap. Whether it's slanting inside from out from the defensive end position on like a stunt or on a slant, or lining up as a three technique, he has the kind of power, explosion, and decent balance that he can get through gaps quickly. He doesn't get knocked over uh, like some of the other folks that we're going to talk about a bit. Uh, he has go- very good closing speed when it's time to finish. I mean, it's it's just like when he sees the target, when it's okay, this guy has the ball and he's right there. He closes incredibly fast. Uh, I mentioned before he's fluid mover in zone drops. He looks lumbering when he's coming out of the blocks uh, on the outside. He doesn't look quite comfortable uh, in the same, almost kind of in the sense that uh, that, that Ojabo does, but it, it feels like Ojabo actually does this a little bit more than, than Walker does. You just don't see Walker lining up on the outside shoulder of the offensive tackle and then trying to get around the corner as much. Uh, and what he does, it looks like you know his footwork, his steps are not – uh, they're pl- he's plotting like he's planning out his footwork as opposed to it being second nature there. Right. Yep. Uh, and along those lines, he doesn't have a developed plan or tools as a pass rusher yet, but can be immediately useful as a pass rush tool in games and stunts aside. He's so physical and so powerful and explosive that even if he isn't like, you know, isolated with a tackle trying to get around and create quick pressure, he's useful in conjunction with the larger group of, of stunts and, and twists yep. as either the spike guy or whatever. He's, he has value there immediately. He is more of a leverage power player than I think an explosive uh, bendy pass rusher. Um, and, and, you know, kind of to what you were talking about, I think this is what speaks to the kind of wide range of his, of his uh, stock right now. I really feel like you need a plan with this kid to fully extract your value from him in this contract because he has a combination of skills coming out of college. It's hard to kind of place in a singular position. He's a very good athlete with very good with with decent flexibility. But does he have the ankle flex in to get around the corner consistent in the NFL? Like we didn't really see that very much on his tape. Sure. He doesn't have the normal level of like outside pass rush skills that you would look for normally in a first round defensive end. But he can more than make up that value lost with his ability to move inside, to rush, to drop into zones. 
I I think he uh, where does he win? I put him as a versatile power player with pass with big pass rush potential. Uh, and my unanswered question is: How quickly can he develop a pass rush plan and a repertoire? And how and what can he provide value wise while he's developing that skill set? All right. So a couple things I just want to add in there. Part of the reason I think people are putting him inside of the top ten is they're projecting what he's going to do with the combine. And we've heard the rumblings, like the projected 40 is supposed to be under 4'6 at 277 pounds, right? It's pretty ridiculous. There's just not a lot of guys that move like that. I also think the the development and the play of Rashawn Gary this year for the Packers yeah. probably helped Walker a lot because I think Gary had the same kind of issues coming out of Michigan, right? Big edge rusher, not a lot of production, but great athlete. We'll kind of teach him how to be a rusher in the NFL. I think that's probably what people are hoping from here, but it's a projection. Lane. I, I just don't know what else yep. to say about it because he didn't do it at Georgia. And I know we keep coming back to this about the production and all these guys. If he goes inside of the top 15 picks, he'll be the least productive edge rusher in NFL history to be drafted inside the top 15. That's a major, major gamble. And I know you're you're banking on the athleticism, but what else can he do in the meantime? Is he going to be a good run defender? I think so. I think he could probably do it. It's just how long are you projecting this learning curve to be? I, I, I don't know. He, he's a player that would scare me. Here's why it's interesting to me, right, is that He's so athletic as it stands right now. And he, it, he and look, we were talking about development, but he's very well developed in other aspects of the game. Sure. Like that's the thing that's very odd about him is that most of the time when you're talking about first round defensive ends, the headline that you're talking about is how are they against tackles in pass rush situations, getting around the corner and and, and creating quick pressure. And that's not what Walker is no. best at doing right now. And that's not the headline for this guy's skill set. Now, that's the aspect that you're – that's what his upside is, is because you feel like you can get him and develop this incredible uh, you know, ball of clay into an incredible pass rusher because you know, he has, this, has a lot of the, uh, the accoutrement, if you will, of a pass rusher, but he doesn't necessarily – it's not cooked. He's, you know, he's not developed there. It's, it's, yeah, it, sure. but, but, but unlike other guys like this, even like Ojabo, where he does have, uh, uh, where he, you know, he 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 needs seasoning to even get on the field. Walker, I think, can play for you right now in snaps on pass rushing downs in in the run game if you need him to. That you can find ways to make him incredibly useful on your defense immediately. I, I the question I the question is how soon is it going to be before this guy is a dominant pass rusher? which it may be a couple of years, you may be using him kind of in an unconventional manner up until then just to get the value out of the pick. But if you're drafting him, I wouldn't expect this guy to come in and be right. your 10 sack well, slack guy. And that's what makes me nervous is where he goes. Like if he's picked, yeah. let's say he goes seven in this draft. And I, I think fans, because you're spending a top 10 pick on an edge rusher, they want that guy to be, Miles Garrett or Nick Bosa or Joey Bosa. It's just not what he is, right? He's going to, yeah. it's, you're playing the long game here with him, knowing that the first two or three years, he's going to have a different role. And I think for some teams, that might be hard to stomach, you know, basically saying, hey, don't count on being, being a double digit sack guy for maybe until his deck of contract, right? That's the hard part I have with this player. I, I think if you're patient with this guy, 
you know, year four, he could be starting to look like Chandler Jones. Like I think that that's that's what yeah. your your hope is is that you develop you really really work hard on the pass rush aspect of his game you get him more and more snaps on the outside and and that's the kind of player that you're going to develop him into uh, just a extremely rare explosive long athletic big defensive end that can kind of do it all can kick inside it even if you need him to be I think up until then you're going to be getting kind of a Tyrone Crawford type player almost right I, Except, I, don't I mean he's he's yeah. he's a better athlete than that but I think as, as far as just what you know what how you're probably going to use him his usefulness to your team the way that you're going to be trying to get value out of him early on yeah he'll get you some sacks because he'll be out there and he'll be he's a physical presence and he's going to be part of a pass rush but I don't think he's going to be the uh the spoon that stirs the drink or with straw that stirs the drink of your pass rush probably until you're two or three uh, I, I wrote for like a super, super high comparison that he'll never ever beat is like Mario Williams, like that type of monster yeah. edge rusher that can kick inside and it's going to be a dominant run to play, player, but might never be a 14 sack guy, but still a really useful player. Yeah. I think J- uh, Jadavion Clowney may, yeah. may be a very similar sure. player too, right? right. They're, they're just, just, or Gary, where they just rack up the pressures, but it yeah. doesn't always translate to sacks, but Somebody you want on your defense. Now, is that somebody you spend a top 10 pick on? Maybe not. But if he goes to like Baltimore at 14, yeah. or if he's the pick for the Browns, I believe at 13 or 14, and you put him with Garrett and he's kind of doing one-on-one stuff against the guard, I think that makes a lot of sense, right? Honestly, I I, I mean, I see him and, and really uh, – I see him very much as a extremely useful – uh, piece on a defense like that, right? Like a Baltimore defense that can use him as an outside linebacker. Yeah. That can have him drop into coverage and in zone blitzes. Uh, how how do you think he would do with Dallas? Inside. Well, I think with Dallas, he would be kind of, I mean, you would work him in a Demarcus Lawrence kind of situation, right? Like mm-hmm. I think you would, you would work him as your left defensive end. You try to get him a ton of experience there. Just give him all the reps that he can handle outside uh, and, and just kind of continue to work uh, uh, as a as an outside pass rusher, and then if you needed to, you, you know, he could easily be part of a of a NASCAR package or some kind of package sure. where he kicks inside, or or really he could stay outside. And, and and I think, like I said, he's incredibly useful in these situations where he's looping inside and, and and he's the spike, and someone's coming around behind him. So I think he has use. I think he has value immediately, even for a team like the Cowboys that may not like try to move him around a ton. Uh, I, I think he still could be a guy that could play a little bit up and down the line as he's kind of learning yeah. the defensive end position fully. All right, we need to move on. So let's uh, let's tell you guys about Bill Bar before we get to our final edge rusher. This time of year, so many people have already given up on their New Year's resolutions, but not us. And we are sticking to ours because we have Built Bar to help us out. Built Bars are covered in 100% real chocolate. They're low-calorie, high-protein, with most Built Bars only containing 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, four net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. Compare that to your average candy bar that has 240 calories, 30 grams of sugars, uh, and dozens of net carbs. Mint, they have so many great flavors, including mint brownie, coconut, coconut almond. And the new flavor this month is white chocolate cookies and cream. They are all delicious, and the new flavors are coming out all of the time. Go to built.com and use promo code LOCK15 and get 15% off your next order. Use promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at Built.com. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, 
Look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. All right. The last edge, 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 last edge rusher that we're going to talk about is George Karlovitis from Purdue. Um, we've seen him fall a little bit in the, the rankings over the last couple of weeks. We did see Mel Kuyper Jr. at ESPN mock him to the Cowboys in his latest mock draft at pick 24. What did you think about Karloffis? He's very powerfully built. He's got a very thick lower half, but he's sturdy kind of all over. He's athletic, uh, uh, explosive violence in his hands. Uh, you saw him kind of move around all over the place for, for Purdue, and he has you know kind of very uh, developed uh, uh you know, hands and, and, and he knows how to use his hands. Well, uh, he played uh, edge he, in both a two and three point stance. I saw him take some snaps at a five. I saw him take snaps as, at a, as a four. Eye. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I feel like when he's inside, I, here's my problem with, with, with him is that I don't think he's useful enough uh, as a defensive end right now to play exclusively defensive end. I think if you wanted to get value with him, you'd want him to kind of move around and be inside. It's sort of like what we just talked about with Walker. But my concern is that he doesn't play as well inside like Walker does. Like he he doesn't – and not that Walker was incredible there, but like this guy, it seems like he gets turned too easily, uh, especially when he's inside, Um, and, and that can often neutralize his presence. Uh, he's a great mover for his size. He drops well and he drops into coverage well and he looks comfortable doing it. Um, but, you know, for things like a defensive end, he, you know, he doesn't have a long arm. And, and because, like I talked to you, he doesn't have long arms. Uh, and and he, he, if you want to keep it really simple, basically it feels like the way he wins is relentless effort plus power plus good pad level. That's it. Like, and, and that's enough. That's enough to get you far in the NFL. Uh, but I mean, it's it's tough to kind of project where where he's going to be useful for everybody. He understands leverage. He attacks your chest, and then he gets his hands above his eyes, and he lifts taller offensive tackles like off the ground. He will run yep. through an offensive tackle that doesn't have their feet planted, that doesn't have good pat level. You know, like I mentioned, violent hands, shrugs off blockers. Where does he win? I mentioned it. Relentless effort plus power plus good pad level. That seems to be the formula that gets him wins. My unanswered question is. If he can't kick down inside, he's not necessarily a great speed rusher on the outside. Is he almost exclusively just a left defensive end? And if that's the case, I understand effort, power, and good pad level will get you far. But at some point, if he's got very short arms, there's going to be limitations to his game. And and my question becomes, why am I taking this guy in the first round if, if, if that's the case? Yeah, if you look at the consensus board, Landon, his his value and his range is all over the place. Pro Football Focus has him as their number nine player in this year's class. Uh, another website that I'm not going to mention, but it's very reputable, has him as their number six player in this year's class ahead of Aiden Hutchinson. And then you've got the guys like the big media that we call them, Todd McShay, uh, Mel Kuyper Jr. 
they have him ranked outside of their top 25 players. So his range is all over the place. You know, and, and the thing is, is you kind of look at how those, and that's the fascinating thing about the, the kind of horse race of stock market of the, of draft, right? How do those guys get their, that information? PFF, you know, has their own, uh, 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 statistics obviously that they generate but you have to think that that mel kuyper and guys like that they're hearing that from teams, well right can i fill in the gap a little bit here please please yeah uh, i talked to somebody not not his agent but somebody let's say close to his team and i asked him like where do you expect it to go and he said between 25 and 40 is it basically right. what got he, he got pushed up in the beginning of mock drafts and it said it wasn't fair to george and it's not really fair to the mock drafters but we just really have never – we've never got that kind of vibe that he's a top 20 player. And that kind of makes sense, right? Like yeah. when you look at this guy, I think he's – I think he's going to end up being a late first-round pick. Maybe he falls into the early 30s, but that's probably where he should go. Yeah, I mean I, I view him as a high second-rounder type I sure. mean, because he does kind of have some a, a certain amount of physical limitations with his length which I think matters. And I don't know how elite of an athlete overall, how explosive he is. If, if he but, runs a, a four, seven, five, would that be all that surprising to you? No, not at all. No, I mean, not. I think, but I think, I think he can, you know, I think he has some burst, a little bit of burst to him. He has some, uh, uh, some explosion in his hands and arms in the way that he, you know, deals with players. He's relentless. His yeah. attitude is, is, is a huge part of what's going to make him succeed in the NFL. I have a belief that he'll make it, but I do think that there are, uh, you know, limitations that that are things that would probably make me feel more comfortable. You know, twenty four maybe. Uh, I certainly feel more comfortable about doing something like that than sure. opposed to, uh, you know, something even higher. The, the idea of him being in the top fifteen picks is so. Yeah, I kind of said for like the most likely outcome is like a. Sam Hubbard type of player for the Bengals, yeah. right? Like your second defensive end plays in the left side, uh, plays really hard, but probably never going to be a big sack total guy. If he hits his ceiling, if you're looking at somebody with like comparable size and length and athleticism, Everson Griffin, like if he absolutely hits the very Maybe. top of the ceiling. Yeah. I like that in that sense that just kind of their games are very similar. I like that. Yeah. I think, you know, if 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 it all works out and he can find a way to kind of further leverage his skill set to kind of produce even more of an edge, then yeah, Everson Griffiths yeah. would Everson Griffith would be a good comparison. Um, all right, so let's just quickly rank these guys before we head out. I think you and I both like a job of the best, and then how do you view it? I mean, I think Walker is definitely closer to a job of than than he is to Carl uh, Ephedis. Yeah, because I I. I I can see it with Walker. It's it's like I understand why there's such wide variety because it's not just a straight, you know, he's a defensive end that's bendy, that's explosive. He's a first-round defensive end. He's a top-of-the-top, top, you know, top first-round guy. Uh, but I, I think that he, he has a skill set enough that he does have a comfortable enough floor yes. that you don't feel so worried about, hey, what am I going to do with this guy what, right when I drafted them? You, you will be able to use him while you're also developing him into a better player. 100% agree. Uh, of the three, I would probably be the most excited about a Jabo at pick 24 because you just don't get guys that are that big and that athletic all that often. And if I can teach him to be a little bit better with his footwork and work with his hands a little bit, 
I think you have a you know potential for a guy that could be double digits, you know, sacks, you know, in year three, in year four. I'm I'm not sure the other two have that ceiling. I think I would feel more feel really good about it if I also felt like I had Gregory and Lawrence also <laughs> well, still there. You I, know, I think like, if they okay, assuming they brought back Gregory and Lawrence, see that's when I actually would want Walker because I think the the some of the things you could do with Walker, Lawrence, Gregory. <laughs> And Parsons would be incredible, but I, I get what you're saying as well. Yeah, I don't disagree on that. I, I just think that I, the thing with the Jabo is that I don't want to have to rush him into for needing production from him right away. You know what I'm saying? Like that's that's kind of my thing with him is that I'd like to give him the time to develop into the player that he's supposed to be. All right, that is it for today's show. Thank you guys for tuning in. We'll be back tomorrow to do some combine stuff. We'll actually get some measurements tomorrow morning. Yeah. Uh, the drills start tomorrow afternoon. Quarterbacks and wide receivers beginning on NFL Network, I believe at 4 p.m. Eastern time, 1, uh, 1 p.m. West Coast time. Uh, so we'll be diving all into that, getting into the numbers, getting into the weeds. I'm sure there will be news coming out of the combine. Follow the show at Lockdown Cowboys. You can look for, you can look for us on Twitter, uh, on YouTube, wherever you get your podcasts, check out Lane and at McCoolBCB on Twitter. I'm at Marcus underscore Mosier, and we'll see you guys next time. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On Podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.